0: They called him the hammer that was his nickname he used to you know he used to put a lot of seats people in the seats apparently because as soon as they dropped the puck he just grabbed somebody and start feeding them you know and he was drunk on the ice a lot is the stories i hear you know he put a 40 down before the game they go out drop the puck and he'd just go toe to toe with somebody and apparently he wasn't a very good fighter he could beat a lot, but the crowd used to love it. You
1: know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I
2: idolized Dominic Kasich. I played goalie because of Dominic Kasich. My life in hockey
0: has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years,
1: Hi, everybody. I hope you like the show. Good job.
2: Hi, everybody. I love the show.
0: Say bye. 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 Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 42 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen. After a one-week hiatus, Dwayne, I'm back in the saddle, ready to go. Uh, been on the ice a ton here, training the, the, the goalies of tomorrow. Um, having a lot of fun with that. Big game goaltending. Check us out. So, Dwayne, lots going on right now in the, in the sports world, some good stuff in Buffalo sports, which is, you know, news to oh, us. Yeah. Um, but real quick, how are you doing, man? How was your Christmas?
2: Man, it was not too bad at all. Um, you know, got to I spent the night at my parents' house, my, my dad and my stepmoms, uh, spent some time with the family socially distanced and everything with uh, other members of the family that we would normally spend it with and uh this year uh, wasn't it nothing relaxed
0: it was it was a little bit different this year um you know like obviously I you know still had family with my daughters and my, my my family but Usually, you know, we do like Christmas Eve, we go to my aunt's house and, and the whole mm-hmm. dad side of the family's there. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't like that this year. Um, Still had a really cool Christmas. I made a big mistake. So I got my daughters, for those that don't know, I have two daughters, Hadley, who was four and a half, Reese is three and a half. I bought uh, like a Barbie dream house. It's like five feet tall. It's three floor. Really cool, right? Something yeah. that I would play with, not to sound weird. Um, it's just really cool um i didn't put it together ahead of time so they they open up the big box they're like oh yeah let's play with it right because you remember the first thing we yeah, want yeah. to do after we opened a present was play open with it up, right, play
2: it right away. absolutely it took
0: me six hours to put it together the kids were just dying to get after it i felt terrible but to see the that's, look on their face terrible. once they once they could play with it was awesome so there's
2: uh, a there's a meme floating around out there it's uh ben Affleck like like outside of a uh, outside on like a front porch or a back porch and he's like He's like standing. He's got his eyes closed and his hands out of his sides, and he's smoking a cigarette. Hacking a dart, says, it, huh? Hacking a dart, eh? Yes, hacking a dart, and he's like, he has got that look, like, oh god, like his head is tilted up, and you can just tell he's stressed to the core. And the, the meme says, every Father Chris, uh, uh, you know, the day after Chris, the day after Christmas, knowing they got to put all that
0: shit together that they just bought their kids. Amen to that, bro. I yeah. I, I feel his pain. <laughs> Um, No, but I love being a girl dad. Um, They both said that they want to get skating more. I haven't pushed them into it all, Dwayne. I wanted them to kind of come into it. They know daddy's a hockey coach. You know, we play many sticks here and there, but I didn't want to push them into it. I've taken Hadley skating twice. She really liked it, but I only, we only went when she asked to go, which is really cool. They both came out and said, daddy, we want to skate. We want to learn. So it was awesome. Dream come true for me. Um, The question is, will she become a goalie? That yeah. is the, that is the age-old question. Um. Hopefully, anyways, getting back to it. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: San- hopefully for your sanity and your wallet, that's a no.
0: Yeah. True. Hey. Well, she would get free goalie lessons though. That's true. Um. No, we got a packed show for you guys. Um, you know, we're gonna start off with the Bills here, but you know, World Juniors going on, a couple of trades in the hockey world, the Sabers with a signing, um, lots to get to. It's gonna be a fun show. And then, um, for next episode, can we announce our guest? Is it, is it confirmed that we'll have him by next week? Um,
2: well, I'll just announce it. Uh, I've been going back and forth with, uh, Dave Starman. He's, uh, an analyst with NHL network, uh, college hockey, college D one hockey. And, uh, me and him are going back and forth a little bit on, uh, on the old Twitter machine. Um, he's agreed to come on with us. He's obviously with the world juniors going on. He's pretty busy. Um, he did respond to me again this morning to let me know he hasn't forgotten about us and that uh, once things calm down a little bit Fair him, he'll get a, he'll get a, a you know a time and date set for us. So excited to talk to him. You know, you can see him on NHL Network just talking about the tournament, which is pretty cool. I was actually tweeting at him while he was live on TV and the second it cuts a commercial is when he responded.
0: Love this. Love to hear that. I had a similar situation. I I trained um, Owen Parker, Bulldog's son. And um, I'm a big Bulldog fan. I don't like Shope that much. Uh, I was in the car today and Who Bulldog, uh, he, he went on this awesome rant, this interaction with a fan, really wholesome stuff. You know what I mean? Bulldog's great at that. As we saw with your call, right? Like he really cares about the, the fans and the listeners and Shope doesn't. If, if, Mike uh,
2: Shope, if Mike Shope was there that day when I made that phone call, I, uh, he would have he cut me off 30 seconds in.
0: And he called you an asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but Bulldog's the best. He had this rant during the middle of the show, went to commercial. I just fired off a quick Twitter messaging saying, Hey, Bulldog, you're unreal. You're everything that's good about sports journalism. That story almost brought me to tears. Keep doing what you're doing. The guy's such a class act. He responds to me during that same commercial break. Hey, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Yeah, Just little stuff guy. like that. You know what I mean? He's the best. His kids, Owen, um, somebody that, you know, we're hoping to have on. He said he'd come on later after the season. He's up for the NHL draft. He's playing out in uh, New Mexico. Albuquerque, the new NHL team, uh, friend of the program. Big goalie. Giant goalie son. Great pitch. Yeah, giant goalie son. I, the one quick thing about um, Dave Starman, Um, he was a scout for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and for the five years. And most recently, the Canadians. I didn't know that. I've been listening uh, to him. I knew he was involved with USA Hockey. He did a bunch of, excuse me, a bunch of stuff with them. Um, And then most recently, he has been the announcer for the NCHC, which is the National collegiate hockey conference yep. yeah he does here. a lot of
2: an, an, analyst st- stuff for
0: uh college hockey so what they did which is smart because they've gotten more games than any other conference just recently uh before christmas i think it was three week bubble they brought in all their teams all 12 teams uh into the bubble in nebraska omaha they all played eight to ten games uh we're talking university of Minnesota Duluth. Colorado College, Denver, North Dakota, Miami, Ohio, like really good hockey. Starman did, I think, almost every game. And that's just kind of his first sniff into play-by-play color commentary. He knocked it out of the park. Really looking forward to having him on. He's going to have some interesting stories for us. So a couple of clicks for Dwayne there, just killing it with the guests here. Um, so yeah. let's get into it here. Um, really excited to talk World Juniors. Before we do, I think we'd be remiss as Buffalo sports fans if we didn't talk about the Bills – uh, string of success, their big win last night or by the time this drops, two nights ago, um, primetime football. It's been forever since we've had like one or two games primetime. We've had four since week 13, and the Bills have done so well. It felt so good, Dwayne, to see us kick New England's ass. We've been waiting for that for so long. It's been such a one-sided rivalry, not rivalry. It's been such a one-sided, you know, contest. I would call it a rivalry. Yeah it is but I don't think they would look at it that way. But now no, they no. I mean um, they've always enjoyed kicking the shit arrogant. out of us. New England sports fans are arrogant as fuck.
2: Yeah, um, you know I've been I've been to a lot and I was talking to this my butt with my buddy Pat. Um you know my Paty Gilly Suarez and we you know it's uh it, it's pretty evident that over the last two decades, you know, they've played and coached against us with a type of arrogance they just every game they know they're going to beat us they know they're going to you know walk all over us well the cha- i think the changing of the guard i mean people would say it happened when we finally won the division the week before i think it happened during this game in oh, the, yeah you know, it happened no it, a specific, there was a specific moment. moment yeah i'll let you do it because we both know what it is. was when we faked that punt Fucking on our beautiful. 30 yard line and that and here's the thing with that is that like first that quarter, fight, first quarter Yep. That play call, that play call was the same arrogant play call that we've been subjected to by Bill Belichick, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots for, 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 uh, for two decades. It's, it's the same arrogance of them. Just them always saying to us, we, we, we're not scared of you, your team, your coach, your quarterback. So, you know what, we're going to go for it on fourth and three from our own 30, because we don't think your offense is going to get it Get, uh, get 10 yards on us and even be able to kick a field goal or whatever so like that, that right there for me that was the changing of the guard because you know now we're throwing that same arrogance back at them oh we went like, down in March and we scored yeah we're, we're not scared of you we're not scared of Cam Newton we're not scared of your your god-awful receivers so we're gonna fake <laughs> a punt here on 30 and you know what if if if, if, it, if we don't get it Then we're going to stop you on defense because your team is horrible. And you know what? And you want to know what? They played two quarterbacks. They played both Stidham and Cam Newton in that game. And combined, combined, they still didn't equate to 100 yards passing.
0: Newton had 34, I believe, which um, I'm pretty sure Josh Allen beat with one throw to Stephen Diggs. Yeah. Um, It was 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 a great point, though, man. That really, and usually you can't tell, like, those moments you have to look back on in the moment it felt so good but man that pass that lefty floater as that D bat or the the gunner started running towards him hell of a catch by saran neal right was it him that threw yep. it or caught it and yep. he was contested made a great catch to see the excitement from the bill sideline you're absolutely 100 right that was the changing of the guard a story yep. for the bills um and like you said it, and it, this is going to lead to, you know, one of my next questions about the coaching. I think the Bills coaching has been so refreshing to see all three phases, right? Mm-hmm. We Leslie Frazier, Brian dabble um, coach McDermott, but just to see the energy, it goes back to like a week and a half ago when the Bills had that video of the snowball fight. You remember that? Yep. To see grown men professionals having fun to see their energy on the sideline, to hear some of the mic'd up all 22 stuff really cool to see the culture they've built that term culture and family gets thrown around a ton in sports. And a lot of times it's just lip service, but I think we've seen here what that culture has become. And it was just a really cool moment. Um, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs was excellent. I know we're not a football podcast, but I no, no. the majority of our listeners are bills fans, or at least I hope so. Really fun team to watch. Um, and you know what else is nice because Buffalo gets no respect and any of the, you know, the Sabres get shit on, Um, and and the bills have gotten shit on for 20 years, the national media, the narrative bills, but changing for Josh Allen. And that's been really refreshing to see.
2: And the thing with Josh Allen too, is the the one most refreshing thing is, is that not just the change in culture and Buffalo sports, but just the carryover and everything like the, like everybody. You know, the re- the thing that makes Josh Allen so special, and I, I know, and the same thing, you know, it, it goes for everything. Winning always makes everything easier. When you're winning, everybody loves you. And the same thing, same thing goes here. But Josh Allen has not just embraced this city, but the city has embraced Josh Allen. And he really has become a representation of what it means to be a Buffalonian. Hasn't he? You know, he makes you want, he makes you, and I, and I wrote an article about this again. I have mentioned this before. I that wrote an article about this, By the way,
0: man, you did a great job. Yeah.
2: And with trainwreck sports and, and, and with Dean Check about, it out um, folks.
0: If you haven't already, it's a great piece. Yeah, it, it,
2: you know, I put, I, I, I put a lot of thought into it and it, it's, you know, he makes you want, he he's exemplified everything that means to be from this city and be a Buffalonian. I know, like in that one that one video right after they went to the division with, with Tasker, you know, they'll talk about oh, our blue cool colors that? that that video was awesome, by the way. I went and, six
0: to midnight in a hurry. Oh, it, was it was great it was great. was hard. The thing, the thing
2: with that is, but there's there's a lot about that video that's true because you know, if I'm gonna walk down a dark alley, you know, getting ready for a fight. I I want Josh Allen at my side. You know, I want to walk down. he make, he makes me want to walk down a dark alley with him in the middle of the night in, in a bad neighborhood pretty much. And
0: yeah, yeah, you know,
2: that's yeah. just that's just the, the the type of pride he instills in the city. And you know, it's very it's very rare that two major sports teams from the same city have athletes to the level that we have here in Buffalo in both Josh Allen and Jack Eichel. You have two and oh,
0: F- in, all into the mix, you know, Stefan Diggs in the mix. We
2: might have four. Yeah, of them. yeah you have two MVP caliber can't, you know, athletes, two guys that legitimately, I think Josh Allen, you look at the numbers that Lamar Jackson won MVP with last year. Um, I think, I think Josh Allen wins it this year in a landslide. If not for Aaron Rodgers, you know, that, that, that that's a coin flip for me at this point. And I guess it would depend on if he plays in week 17 or not, but that, with all that being said, now you have Jack Eichel who for a good part of last year was playing at an MVP pace could very well do it again this next season. You know, it makes you, you know, it, 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 now you see the Buffalo culture, the sports culture really starting to rally around this team. And can you imagine? And I, and I brought this up in that article. Can you imagine if the Sabres are the dark horse that I really do believe they are, and even in this tough division, now that you fourth. have. I think they get fourth or third. Exactly. And, and you know, what, especially when you have a team like Boston, who's going to be missing Pasternak and Marshawn for the start of the season, they're you have other um, pieces too. Torrey Krug's not there. Charles not exactly, is one year older. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Tory Krug will not be there. They're they're, just, they're missing a lot of key pieces, and and, and you, I've honestly have New Jersey in that division. I'm not really honestly, I'm not scared of Pittsburgh. I'm just not. I'm really not that scared of Pittsburgh. I'm looking forward
1: to going team, through our next. I, I know, I'm, I'm not
0: terrified of it. Well, hey, I know we're, we're getting into it right now, but folks, be sure to tune in. Uh, within the next two weeks, we're going to be doing a preview of, of the our division and the season. And I, sorry, keep going, but you're right. Pittsburgh's losing ground. The teams I am afraid of, Philly is, is a wagon. Um, New York Islanders, they're, they're a hardworking team. I don't think they're going to replicate that success. Barry Trotz has been really good, um, but... Back to your point, it, it has been a long time since we've had two dynamic stars, or anybody, any city's really had two dynamic it's very rare for any city for every
2: city. And if this team can find a way to make a run at it, and I've been saying this for the last two weeks. If you're if you're Kevin Adams, how are you not with how cheap a lot of these contracts are coming? Finding a way, and I know Mike Hoffman did just sign that 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 contract, it's gonna end up being a it's going to end up being a, uh, you know, a, probably a one-year deal. I know they had just had to sign him to a PTO for the for the, for the, the time being until they get Tarasenko and uh, I forget who else. Off well, we're going to
0: touch on some of that uh, yeah. long-term injury reserve stuff in the next section, but keep going. Yeah, yep. but but
2: with all that being said, right now for the time being, you have three of your top players only locked up for one year. That's Hall, Stahl, and Reinhardt. They're only here for the next season. That's it, Right. So if you can find a way to move some pieces around and free up cap space why are you not going after a Mike Hoffman and literally just pushing all your chips in the middle of the table and going for it like you, you and my again my buddy Pat said 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 this he goes he goes them signing hall it, 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 it's not just a, it's just not signaling that they're trying to win it's also signaling the impatience of Jack Eichel. He's like, he's getting impatient with the progress of this organization and this franchise. Well, and
1: remember, that's also a...
0: around about three, four months ago. That pissed me yeah. off.
1: But yeah, you know, point? Point? Like, So
2: point. they need to make that move. So why would you, why just stop there? Why just stop there? Why not just go after him? Mike Hoffman, literally make your top six, one of the most dangerous in the league. Maybe it, maybe even it forces you, it forces your hand and you got to drop a guy like maybe Sam Reinhardt down to your third line. And
0: now you have one. Well, of the I think Dana's that's not a, a bad thing, Dwayne. I think that that gives no. us the depth that we've been lacking for so lacking, long. And I will like for that, a decade. This, you this for a decade. Off, you brought this up off the air and I know we're going to get to it later, but I have to bring it up. Now you were talking about off the air. Uh, situation with Pat Kane in Chicago. Them going through a rebuild. Them losing Kane now with the announce. Or sorry, Taze now for long term. Um, they didn't really give any details. They said he's had some kind of illness or injury that you know is, is he's not feeling right. Um, so he's gone now. And they they talked earlier about how Taze and Kane were pissed about Crawford being let go. Seabrook Seabrook and and uh, Duncan Keith. You know are in the back nine of their career. I still think Duncan Keith can play, but he's a step slower. If Pat Kane becomes available, um, Don't I want to you talk about the article, but just to float this out there, I know it would be tough to make the cap hit fit, but one player that comes to mind, Jeff Skinner for Patrick yep. Kane. The contracts, I think Jeff Skinner's around 9 mil a year. Pat's about 10-5. Even if we had to make one more deal to make that fit, they're the same position. Dwayne, bring me through that article on The Athletic and what you think would happen there.
2: Oh, excuse me. Let me uh, bring it up right now. Um, so yeah, John Volpe it like, that if there's a year where you're going to bring in a Pat Kane, this would be the year. They're missing John and Teus for who knows how long. Right now, just training camp. But if whatever this illness is, I mean, for, I mean, I, I I coached a kid a few years ago who was having the same symptoms, lethargic, you know, had no energy. He ended up having diabetes, and they once he got on insulin, he was fine. I mean, who knows that could, it could be something like that. It could be something much worse. We don't know. God, I, God, I hope it isn't worse. I hope it isn't serious because I love watching Jonathan Tew's play. He's a phenomenal player to watch. But that all being said, um, you know, what, you know, what would it take to bring, to bring Patrick Kane to Buffalo, you know, especially where in in a situation in, in Chicago where they're tanking without actually tanking, because you don't have Kirby doc, you don't have, you know, you're oh, you don't I mean, really not
0: long-term. I think he's going to be out for two months, but you're right. It yeah, could still be- in
2: a shortened season. Like, I mean, that that's a long time. That, you know, I that, just, that's a-
0: I just feel like he's the one of the only few bright spots on that roster for fuck's sakes. They traded for Nylander. He was playing top, top six minutes last year. Uh, until realized he's a crow, but let me, so you asked the question, would Skinner and a second rounder do the trick? Even a first rounder. Fuck.
2: I, I agree, man. Like, I'm, I'm I'm looking up. I apologize. My freaking internet here is absolutely horrendous. Well, hey,
0: well, you bring that up. I'll just really quick. I want to make a note. So Pat Kane is signed through 22, 23. So that means this year and then two more years on top of that, his cap hit and actual salary is 10.5 million. All right. So his base salary is 2 million uh, total salary. Um, you know, another seven on top of that or seven five. Anyways, the way it's structured with signing bonuses and everything, his cap hit is 10.5 for the next three years. Okay. Jeff Skinner for those same three years, nine million, nine million, nine million. So there's a deficit of 1.5. And when you talk about one five 1.5, 1.5, fuck, throw in Gergenson's, right? And then go in and bring in somebody else. But I'm just saying it's not that unthinkable. So I'm sorry, you you ready? Would
2: you, well, would you even, I know they're in desperate need of a goalie and I don't know what their goalie pipeline looks like. Would you give them a UPL for Patrick Kane?
0: Uh, Well, what's the deal? What's the official deal? UPL and Skinner? Okay, if you're getting,
2: what did you say? What did you say Patrick Kane's uh, cap it was? 10.5. Okay, 10.5. So you're getting the Jeff Skinner contract off your books, which again, that's 9 million. You're You're still taking on, you're still taking on contract. So um, there'd be a less term, obviously, draft. less term left in it than what Skinner is, which yeah, is yeah, only two
0: more point. years. And I, dude, I'm not yep. a fan of the the Skinner contract. I know he had a down year last year. Well, I just yeah, I, obviously, I think best, best ceiling, Dwayne. I think his best case scenario, his ceiling is 30 goals. I think that's the best he's going to do. I All think right? if you're in 30, be 30, 40 goals a, a season guy. on
2: Jeff Skinner, it's a win at this
0: point. Oh, that's what I mean. That's if best Jeff case scenario. When we see worst case scenario, what do had have last year, like 15, 20?
2: Yeah, you're gonna see guys that are getting paid that kind of money who aren't gonna put up those kind of numbers, you know. But I think we all know why Jeff Skinner struggled so much. It's because he never had a true centerman. He had Mojo, you know, Marcus Johansson. Who Listen, we can
0: a- make all the excuses we want. I'm just saying yeah. Skinner oh, no, Hall, no, Hall, Kane over Skinner is such a big upgrade. Oh, absolutely. I'm from that, that contract. Winner, he won the heart right. trophy. He's got how many, he's got three cups. So to answer your question, Chicago Blackhawks net depth chart, it's very thin. Malcolm Subin, who I played against the UHL and I beat him twice, not a big deal. Um, Colin Delia is their number two. I know they, they talk very highly of the organization of him. He hasn't done anything in the league. And spot mop-up duty, he's been very average, very hit or miss. And then their third goalie is Kevin Lankanen, who I have no idea who that is. Um, but that's their depth chart right now. So a UPL, yep. hell, bro. Even a uh, even uh, Carter Hart, or sorry, not Carter Hart, Carter Hutton w- might make sense for them. You know what I mean? Um, they just need somebody. They need somebody. Lankanen is is a, a Finland born goalie. Uh, he played last year in Rockford. He had really unimpressive stats: a three goals against average, nine oh nine save percentage, eight ten and two record. Um, he's not the answer in that. So, but if your, your original question, if it took UPL and Skinner. For Kane, 100. percent. I do that. I still don't think that solves the. I don't know what the Sabers' uh, cap it is um, right now, but how much we're low. But what is uh, what is the article about for for people that have the Athletic that can read it? Who's it by? I, and what's I, I, it about? It
2: might have just it might have just been a tweet. I don't know with maybe his Athletic, you know, some, something to do with Athletic. But it was just as him essentially just going on about. Um, about this, this is if there ever was a time to bring Patrick Kane home to Buffalo, this is the time. And he's not wrong. Like He's not wrong at all.
0: Hey, we have three and a half million dollars of cap space right now.
2: Yeah. And you know what? And I've been on, and I've been on this, this boat, the whole, since free agency started, you have two guys out there, even if you don't go get packing, you have two guys that are still available out there that would help this team immensely on their blue line. And both Travis Hamannick and Sammy Um I don't think they would cost you much more than that you know, especially if per, you know, it's speculated that Mike Hoffman only might only get $4 million out of this deal with St. Louis. That's might where He might max out, which is insanity to me.
0: So you know, the- let me ask you this before we get into Hoffman and some of the long-term injury reserve stuff and what the blues are doing and, and the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. lightning are doing before we move on from what we're talking about back to what we were talking about with the bills and their success. Right. And you got to remember the Pagoulas are getting a lot of credit for what they've done with the bills. They're getting shit on for what's going on with the Sabres. Obviously it comes down to winning. When you win, like you said, it makes everything better. All right. But the one difference to me, and I want to tee you up for this. All right. The Pagulas, when they took over the bills, they, they hired Sean McDermott. They hit a home run. He is up for coach of the year this year for good reason. He is one of my, you know, even as a hockey coach, I, I, I watch his interviews. I see how he deals with his players. He is a genius when it comes to creating that culture. He's very good with his guys. I love what he's about. They knocked it out of the park with their first hire, which doesn't always happen. Obviously, we seen with the Sabres. And then with the GM, all right, they get rid of Doug Whaley. And even when Doug Whaley was here, McDermott was making the decisions in that first draft which set us up for the future, getting trading that. I know it turned out to be Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think if Patrick Mahomes came in, it it might not be the same. You got to remember he sat behind Alex Smith, but my question to you is this, Dwayne, they knocked out of the park with Brandon Bean. They knocked out of the park with McDermott. You go to the Sabres now. All right. And they've gone through three GMs. Now three head coaches. What is, what's the difference? They're the same people, two different sports. Both were in bad dire straits when they took over. What is going on there? Why are they so good with the hirings with the Bills and so pissed poor with the Sabers? Do you have well, any answer for me?
2: Well, first off, I mean they I think personally they got kind of lucky with the Bills. I mean, yeah. I know people hey, don't people like
0: to As much fuck as you on. can say that, that was a good fucking hire. Oh, it was. It
2: was. I Here's the thing. I don't think Sean McDermott probably gets a, a head coaching job and this is nothing against him. If the Bills don't hire him that off season, I don't think he gets a head coaching job. There were a lot of other guys up for jobs that off the postseason. I think Sean was more or less—I don't want to say cheap, but he was also safe—and there was already a relationship there. He already probably had a plan place with Brandon Bean bringing because the the head coach came first, and then it was Brandon Bean, I believe.
0: Um, If I'm not yes, yeah, so we hired Sean McDermott, and, and then the- he was with Doug Whaley for an off season. Yep. And then we ha- we hired Brandon Bean, I believe, you know, it to be right before the next season or, um, you know, in that, in that window. So Doug Whaley was there for one draft with Sean McDermott. I believe we terminated him shortly thereafter and hired Brandon right Bean the before the next season started. I could be wrong. I think that's what it Well, is. Uh,
2: you're right. It was right after, it was right after the draft, right? Like right after the draft, We utilized all the research that Whaley and his team did for that draft, and then they canned him. They shit canned him right after. That's when that epic picture of Whaley and Tim Murray sitting at a bar together came to fruition. Somebody, I forget, I don't know what bar it was at, but I don't know if you ever saw that. But uh, somebody was sitting at a bar, and they looked down to the other side of the bar, and there, lo and behold, is both Doug Whaley and Tim Murray both freshly oh, I remember fired. that that and
0: is right classic to at the bar. <laughs> and
2: to be honest yeah and it, which is wild to me that you would uh, you would not i mean only in buffalo right you would that's see like a, like it, that. that's like a comic book crazy. strip that's like a movie it, you don't see it, that it, shit. It, was, it was crazy but uh yeah um i think that they they found they they, they got lucky i mean I'm not, and I'm not that's not taking anything away from both of them they are both more than qualified but they got lucky now with the sabers I think that the whole Pat LaFontaine experiment blew up in their face. I know there's been a lot of speculation around what really went wrong there. I thought that they had the right idea in the beginning with Pat. I think that they were just too hands-on with what they wanted to get done, or maybe there was some discrepancy between Tim Murray and Pat. I don't know. I don't
0: think there was good communication. I think you're right. No, I think that too. But that's hey, go- not to make an excuse. I think communication is such a huge part of the job. You look at McDermott and Bean, I think part of the reason for their success, yes, they worked together in in Carolina, but you got to believe that when the Pagula's brought McDermott in, they had to have asked him, you know, hey, what do you think? What guys do you think are out there? And and, and you got to think that he he thought of Brandon Bean. But real quick, going back to your original point, saying that the, the, you know, the bill, if he, if the bills didn't hire him, he wasn't going to get a job that year. He interviewed. So in 2017, in January 10th, uh, Sean McDermott interviewed with the 49ers because they, they just fired Chip Kelly. You remember? All right. They ended up hiring Kyle Shanahan and, and John, general manager, John Lynch. Obviously it worked for them because they were in the Super Bowl last year. I know they've kind of had a down year this year. They've had injuries all over the board with Jimmy Garoppolo, but, I do want to push back on that. I think McDermott was up and coming. And I think, you know, he comes from that Andy Reid coaching tree back in Philadelphia where he started. I do think he was closer than, than you made it out to be, but your point stands tall. The bills were the first to give him a sniff Uh, two days after interviewing with the 49ers. It came out that he was signing with the bills. So sorry. I just wanted to make that known, but my point is this Dwayne, they knocked it out of the park with that hire. How can you be oh, yeah. so good and get it right with that first hire with the Bills and yet go 0-3 with both coaches and GMs with the Sabres? With that being said, I do love Ralph Kruger, and I think he's great. It's too early oh, to say with Kevin Adams, um, but I do like what I see there. Hey, let's remember, me and you were both hard on the Kevin Adams signing. I know that I like the guy personally because of what he did for me, getting me into Sabres camp, but that still didn't say anything about what he was going to do, you know? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Why have they been able to strike out so much with the Sabres hires?
2: Well, with Dan Bylsma, uh, when they hired Dan as the head coach, I think he was more or less riding the coattails of, you know, winning a cup in you Pittsburgh. Into
0: a Great situation in Pittsburgh. Into a great situation. Of the, best that, team in the that, team,
2: that team was in its prime when he won that cup, and then somehow you had
0: Crosby and Malkin down the middle. You had a bunch yeah. of good other pieces. You Jordan had uh, Stullow, Chris Letang playing, playing his best hockey. hockey. Mark yeah, was players. a stud that year. I think it was what 2000. I want to say 14, 15. Yeah, some of that, and then but they he, were he, dude. They were they would win with fucking me behind the bench, buddy. Yeah,
2: you know what I mean. Exactly with us behind the bench, it, with that, and with that being said, you know. You see that resume. he always got our Stanley cup recently. He coached guys like Crosby and Malkin. He's coached superstars. So he must've, without even knowing that, you know, in the background of it all, you know, with Crosby and Malkin, there was a lot of disdain with between Bilesma and those guys. And there was, there was rumors that um, he would like Malkin would not even speak to Bilesma. Like there, yeah. there was a Rick, lot of, there was a lot
0: of remember, Rick Tockett was an assistant coach there. And a lot of people said that he was doing a lot of that. Like he was pretty much the de facto coach there. And that says a lot about Dan Miles, being a pants shitter. But why do yeah. we hire him? I get, he was a, like, I remember when we hired him, people loved it. And I don't know if it's because he's friendly with the media. Obviously he's working for NHL network and spot duty and you can't trust everything you hear, but remember, everybody had a stiffy over that hire at the time. Yeah,
2: We all thought it was a great hire. I, I was, I was indifferent about it because I thought just that, I think you're hiring him because he's got the cup. He's coached those guys. But how, for it, the, the question you should ask is, why did you lose your job from such a perfect situation? That's the question they should have been asking when they made a hire. That might go to an experience when it comes to hiring in that situation. Possibly, I don't know. And then you bring in Phil Housley, who again was in a really good situation with Nashville as a defensive coach, had like six great defensemen who essentially made coaching the easiest thing in the world for him. So you go and hire Phil Housley. You bring in Tim Murray, who you know has good bloodlines when it comes to GMs with his with his uh, I think it's his his uncle.
0: I think we view Tim as as bad, but I don't think he was as bad as we I don't think. think bad, was. No. he got screwed with some bad coaches. I like Tim Murray. I liked a lot of what he did. But yeah, that I, being said, he missed on some draft picks. He really did. Yeah, he missed and, on some draft picks.
2: And, 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 and he traded too much of the farm. But you want know, to know what, man? And one of the mistakes he didn't make that, you know, we've made with guys like Nylander and Casey Middlestat, and in some respects I would even say Ristolainen because when Ristolainen came in, I still don't think mentally he was ready for the NHL. Yeah, but do you remember, can see that,
0: that, remember when we drafted him, he had just scored that game-winning overtime goal at the World Series? Yeah
2: with finland with i uh, was at finland yeah finland, finland.
0: sweden so it was a huge gold medal game yeah and i think that finland's won three in the past 10 years i think that was their first one and yep. you know that kind of led to a culture of success there in finland he was yep. a national hero they celebrated that team getting i remember reading about that i had yep. high hopes for him but man i think you go back his foot speed has always been a question mark
2: yeah and but the, th- the thing of it is, man, is mentally, he wasn't right. Physically, yeah, his body was ready for the NHL. His size was ready for the NHL. But mentally, he wasn't ready. He was still, you know. He, Let's he, be he honest, Wayne. A...
0: Is he ever a top pair defenseman? I don't think he no. is on any good team. And, and we try to use him as that. Now, whose fault is that? Is that the GM or the coach's fault? The way I Both. look at it, it's the coaches. Well, no, I mean, I don't
2: know. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be rushing him into that situation to begin with. You should have let him continue to develop down in Rochester. That's the way it should have been. Um, And same thing can be said for Nylander and absolutely for Casey Middlestat. If that kid comes in, if that kid comes in to training camp under two hundred pounds, this will be his last season. As a full-time NHL or he will continuously be a suitcase in the HL because you cannot tell me that you have a guy like Rasmus Dahlin who in one off season puts 25 pounds of muscle on but you Casey Middlestadt, who was drafted a year beforehand and is a year young a year older can't do the same that shows lack of commitment to me so but again like so you rush the these point, into the situations that they're not ready for um and you know that's where I think Tim Murray we we have kind of have him to thank for Sam Reinhart because he didn't allow Sam Reinhart, even though he was a second overall pick to come in his first year out of the draft. He played his eight games. He told Sam to go back to junior or junior or Rochester, wherever he was that he played. He, he developed said, you need Physically
0: a lot more there.
2: Yeah, he, they even said Reinhardt Reinhart cried during that meeting sat down he had with Tim Murray. But he <laughs> flat out talking, it, Sam. Need,
0: but you he, to know, but hey, that that makes you hungry.
2: Yeah, and that's what we should have been doing with guys like Casey Middlestad or Alex Nylander. Personally, they should never even drafted Alex Nylander. They were in dire need of a defenseman that they passed up on Shikrin and uh, Sergachev that 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 draft. Uh, well, but higher
0: um, Sergachev, couple into yep. The program. No, let me ask you. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your point.
2: No, it, it, you know, but he, he didn't rush those guys into situations that they weren't ready to play in. And he, or, you know, the, with Sam Reinhart and you know, have him to thank for that because now I think Sam would even, if he were to ask him honestly, he probably would thank Tim Murray for not putting him in that situation because the team was, because the team was desperate for, for scoring. The team was desperate, you know, to, for something exciting in this organization when they drafted him. And I, they do, I remember going to games like at the, the, the year we drafted him, I still have a shirt. They were like independent vendors were selling Sam Reinhart shirts already on the streets.
0: You know what, though? It comes back to my question. And I just read a really interesting article about Doug Whaley, somebody that's been thrown into irrelevancy. I think he works for like the senior bowl now for college football, not to shit on a guy, but he talks about how, you know, he's kind of making excuses about, you know, hindsight's 2020s, but the bills finally landed on the right mix in their front office and coaching staff, which allowed them to build this, this all encompassing product. Those are exact words, but here's the thing. They mentioned that they, before they hired McDermott, they hired, they interviewed Adam Gase, Frank Reich and Mike Shanahan before settling on McDermott. And Whaley points out that, you know, constantly when he was there, you know, he was just drafting guys, not for a set plan or a set system because there was different coaching changes between Rex Ryan and Doug Marone. Um, so, guys, that can work in multiple systems. And what's led to success with Bean and McDermott is that they know what they've been—they know what they were looking for. And that consistency, I'll give him one shred of—you know—you know—benefit of the doubt that having consistency and what you're building, and having a plan, and having the the job security to see that through. Because the hardest part about this is the turnover. If you have two shitty years, you're out of here. But you know, the, the the Bills missed with with Rex Ryan. Okay. They missed with, well, I don't want to say Doug Marone because he had a couple of decent years in Jack Jacksonville. I know they're shit now, but it just blows my mind. And maybe we're seeing the, the turn with Kevin Adams and Ralph Kruger. I really like Ralph Kruger. I really do. Um, and, and Kevin Adams, as much as we shit on him in the beginning, he has done a good job. He's won a Stanley Cup as a player. Yes. He's been in the organization. Maybe we are seeing... You know, the same thing that the, 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 uh, the Pagulas got right with being a McDermott, maybe Ralph Krueger and Kevin Adams is the same thing. Do you think so, Dwayne?
2: I hope so. I hope that Kevin Adams, you know, I mean, it's easy. It's easy when you're given the okay to go try and sign a guy like Taylor Hall. I mean, you know, I think playing with Jack Eichel was incentive enough and playing with one of his former coaches was incentive enough for him to consider coming here obviously you have to sugarcoat the whole deal to get him to come here. If you watch that Sabres embedded, uh, you know, piece that they did, it that was more cool, or less. It? Yeah, it was nice. It was, it was more or less Kruger's Kruger doing most of the talking to, to lure him in. And then obviously the, the, that was uh, such
0: a cool phone call. Yeah, dude, it was yeah. Ralph
2: Kruger. You know, it was. Yeah, it was and, and obviously without Jack Eichel, none of this happens. Well, that know? was,
0: that's kind of what I mean. It was part of what Kruger said in that pitch, right. He kind of sold it around Jack. And, you know, it works for it. And I know we haven't mm-hmm. talked about it lately, but going back to that signing, we talked a lot about a lot of people were stunned in the national media and the hockey media. Oh, why is Taylor Hall doing this? Listen, he's betting on himself. He got good money in a year where a lot of players, which we're going to get to in a bit, like a Mike Hoffman, a lot of guys are signing for, a lot of guys are still out there, but a lot of guys signed for nothing, for peanuts. And this is a down year. Taylor Hall found a good spot trusted Ralph Krueger because of their history in Edmonton that half a year in the in lockout short season. But you're right. Krueger was smart enough to dangle Jack Eichel and the, the idea of playing with him and buddy that's, that's on him. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess back to my question. Do you think the Pagulas get a free pass with what they fucked up with the Sabres Compared to what they've done
2: with the Bills, I don't give give them a free pass for anything because they've made this this organization for over a decade has been an absolute joke, and they've sat by and watched it happen through all the firings, through the debacle with Lafontaine, the debacle with everything off the ice that they just you know threw to the wayside because you, you you take this city for granted and its love for its team and its love for hockey for granted. No, I don't, I don't give a pass on anything, and I refuse to until they write this ship and they improve the things that need to be improved both on and off the ice, and I will die on that hill. I don't care if I die on that hill alone. It's just the fucking way it is uh, with with his hire with Kevin Adams. Absolutely, I think it's been a good move so far. So far, it's been a good move. Only time will tell, right? Uh, only time will tell, yes. Eric Stahl, great deal. Um, you know, Taylor Hall, I, I applaud that. Um, even Tobias reader, you know, I I, a I I I like that deal. You, you, I like
0: it. Like we broke down on episode 36. His ability to kill penalties on one of the worst penalty killing teams last year. I like that. I think he is a good depth player. I know a lot of people didn't like the signing at the time, Dwayne. I think he'll surprise us. Same thing with Cody Eakin.
2: I mean, I hope so too. Cody Eakin too. You know, I know I know you lost Johan Larson, but at the same time. I mean, Larson offensively wasn't really giving you much, you know, at least you bring in a guy like Cody Eakin. Yeah. His course, he might not look the greatest, but at the same time, like he's going to give you more offensive production than Johan
0: Larson did. Especially uh, the one we have one of the more th- depth down the lineup, Dwayne. If, if, yes. if the scenario happens where Reinhardt is your third line center and now Cody Eakin's your fourth line center, instead of your third, like, dude, that makes it a lot different. The matchups you get, You know, he can dominate in the face-off circle against those guys. He can kill penalties. I think that if we find a way for the first time in probably – Since Drury and Briere, we could have three really good, efficient scoring lines and and a fourth line that is comprised of hardworking, physical PK guys. That's the name of the game in the NHL now. You need four lines that can skate. You need four centers that can get up and down the ice and play against some of the best players in the league. And then for the longest time, the Sabres got killed, Dwayne, because we couldn't match up against other teams. Jack Eichel would do his job. The second line maybe would do their job, but after that, it was a fucking nightmare, right? Good teams have that depth where now we might present matchup problems to other teams. What do you think on that?
2: Um, Well, before we explore that, I I, I found uh, what we were looking for. uh, John Vogel wrote it in uh, his real time thing with the athletic and I'll read it to you real quick. Just so we, uh,
0: please do it. Everybody, please check it out. Because this was yeah. really interesting it, when he was it, playing it to me it, off
2: air. He, he tweeted this out from his Twitter account. If Buffalo was ever going to try and bring Patrick Kane home, now is the time. Jonathan Teos is, is joining Kirby Doc and Alex Nylander on the sideline. So the Blackhawks are done. With no fans in arenas, there would be less fan backlash for trading Kane. The Sabres are in win-now mode with one year of Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl. There are cap limitations and Kane's no move, but it should be explored. Yes, Kane is 32 and under contract for three seasons. But he's still elite. Remember how good Jack Eichel was last year? Kane was even more productive, outpointing the Sabres Center 84 to 78. The payout would be huge. The payout would be huge. Top prospects, legitimate NHLers, and first-round picks, but the payoff could be immeasurable. Now, I, I mean, you could say yes. Obviously, he outscored uh, Jack Eichel, but I think there's, there were some injury issues there with Jack, too, that really limited him at the end, especially at the end of that 16-game or 18-game point streak. He had that, 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 core, that injury to his core muscles that was really uh, hindering him. Sorry, my dog is caught a bone here. Dom found
0: his yeah, bone. Yeah, no, no bone you here, make uh, a good he's
2: point. You being, being a little nuisance.
0: Well, a friend of the program, Dom's a good guy. Yeah. He gets pucks deep. No, um, it's you bring deep. up a good point, man, and um, it's really interesting stuff. Um, so please check out that article. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. It, it, it'll be even more interesting. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the Sabers finally get the right pieces in place in their coaching staff and front office and have success. I like a lot of the things that Kevin Adams done. Um, and if he could pull off the Kane trade, like I mentioned, Kane for Skinner and UPL, I would do it in a heartbeat. But because um, I think in three or four years, we're going to be trying to get out from underneath that Skinner contract. Uh, and, and we've seen it in so many times in the past 10 years, the Sabres, whether it be Billy Leno, whether it be Cody Hodgson, we've made a bunch of bad signings. Matt Molson, <laughs> I can go on and on. Kyle Posto, listen, I love him. I think at $3 million, $4 million, I would love him even more. The fact – because I think he's a great fourth liner. He's he's great for the culture. Great guy, right? He could – dude, imagine him on a good fourth line. Fuck yeah. But I think we paid him way too much. Anyways, to to wrap this up, check out Vogel's article. Tweet at us, two goals, one Mike, what you think. Would love to hear your guys' feedback on this. I think what happens – cause there's already been pressure from, from fans that we've heard, especially on social media for the Pagulas to sell the Sabres to somebody that cares. I don't want that. I like the stability that the, the Pagulas bring to the Sabres, but we also talked a lot about in the off season about the yacht and all that bullshit, you know, and the COVID if, if it becomes a problem for them to do well at both teams, we might be thinking about that. But if they hit the they hit a home run with Kevin Adams and Ralph Krueger does his thing and we do well and make the playoffs, I think all is forgiven. All right? Uh, we'll talk more about, obviously, the Eastern Conference preview with our division and next episode. Uh, but, Dwayne, I wanted to segue, before we get too long, into World Juniors. My favorite time of year. Um, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it last uh, – you know, when we started the show because uh, we started after it. Uh, It's been electric so far. There was a couple blowouts early, okay? Uh, Real quick off the top, for Sabres fans, you have to be encouraged uh, with um, Dylan Cousins. Right now, after three games, he's sitting in second place in points in the whole tournament, and the only reason he's not first is Trevor Zegres, a fellow first-round pick from last year. I believe he was top 10. Um, He he had a five-point night, three goals, two assists, and USA's win um, tonight. Uh, Sorry, Uh, yeah, earlier today uh, against um, the Czech Republic. So those five points leapfrogged him ahead of Cousins. But Cousins is only one point behind. He has looked really good. Uh, I don't think we've talked about it. Devastating news. Kirby Dock obviously got permission from Chicago to play. And I really like that. I love when kids want to go back and play in this tournament, even after they've had success at the NHL level. Biggest hockey tournament in the world. Yeah, and he obviously got hurt. We did mention it earlier, but Dylan Cousins, um, you know, he was originally the assistant captain. Now he's alternating the C, um, a big role for him. Obviously he won gold last year, but he's playing a bigger role this year. In three games, Dwayne, he's got four goals, five assists, nine points. You know what I like the most? I think it was in their first or second game. He picked up a a puck in the neutral zone and the two defenders that were back checking were even ahead of him by a stride or two beats them both with wide speed to the outside so
2: that, quick, yeah, quick goal.
0: even though the goalie knew he was going to his backhand he couldn't get there quick I'm enough granted
2: granite! That, that goalie so far granted the goaltending in that game was absolutely trash uh that, that germany game i feel bad for the guy though you know what else are you supposed to do you're missing your. First off you're missing your starting goal. You're missing three or well, four missing,
0: of your I think it was five guys at that point. Five
2: guys because of think COVID. They were playing
0: with nine forwards and 5 D.
2: Yeah, so they were definitely and they played the day before, so they were they were breathing pretty heavily well, in that and they game. They played
0: a good game against Finland. They lost 5 to 3, but they were in that game.
2: Yep, and then you
0: and they played back to back. To back. You know what? If you could go back as Germany, knowing what you know with what, what happened with the quarantine and stuff, you would have really liked to have the schedule that some of these other teams did by having that first yep. game and then having a day off, right? Because I know they exactly. just got their players back today.
2: Yeah, and um, well, it I mean, made actually, a difference.
0: They beat Slovakia last night. Yep. Hell of a yep, game! Really yep, quick, really quick. And that game, uh, Sabers, our second round pick, J.J. Paterka made an, oh, he's played a great tournament. Tim Stutzel has, has, has been their best player, but JJ's right there. And playing that much when you only have really two good players, JJ made this awesome play in overtime that allowed Germany to have a sniff at the crossovers in quarterfinals. In overtime, gets the puck, makes a great feed across. They get the game winner. Awesome to see if you're a Sabres fan. And it's weird for us to say that we've actually hit on a second round pick, isn't it?
2: It it, it it is strange, man. You got to remember, too, he's not the only second-round pick we have in this. Team USA, Ryan Johnson, two points. I like games. him, Dwayne. I really do. He I do, too. He's a few well. years away. Johnson's a few years away, but I think he'll be a nice piece a few years from now. Absolutely. You know who um, I haven't been impressed
0: we- with? is uh samuelson is that his name yep him as well his boots Uh, are too slow man i get that he's big he's got a good stick he plays with jam but i think you look at the defensemen the young defensemen that are having success mm -hmm. quinn hughes Cal car rasmus dahlin what is the one thing they all have in common they are Mm -hmm. elite skaters what's the Mm -hmm. one thing that ryan johnson does really well he's an elite skater what does samuelson have he's got fucking cinder blocks tied to his skates
2: Yep. It, yeah, you couldn't have said it better than better, Kelly. Uh Another guy that's kind of underwhelming. I know he had assist today in the first goal against the Swiss. Uh, Jack Quinn is a little bit mm-hmm. underwhelming, but I think that's just, that's just Torini just, you know, easing him in. He's not Canada? much. Um, and this is also why I said, that I don't need the head coach for Canada. Yeah. Head coach for Canada. And obviously that's his head coach with the Ottawa 67s, uh, you know, bear. He, uh, this is why I definitely want Quinn to spend another year in junior if the OHL does indeed have a season, because I, I, I honestly I don't want to make the same mistakes with him that we've made with guys like Casey and Nylander in the past. Let him, let him continue to play with, honestly, in my opinion, the best coach in all of junior hockey, Torini. You know his resume speaks for itself. Let him sit under, you know, underneath Torini for one more year. Let him get better on and off the ice. And then bring him to camp the following year. Give him a shot to make this roster. But right now, there's no reason to rush him. No reason. There's nothing. I mean, unless unless he starts lighting this tournament on fire, which, I mean, with Ooh, the Jack roster, that
0: can't. What, uh, excuse me? Jack yeah, Quinn you're talking about?
2: Yeah, Jack Quinn.
0: Yeah, unless I think he's 100% about, don't rush. Yeah, I think he's not he's ready. ready. I Cousins is ready. ready. Cousins is ready. There's nothing more yeah. he can do Put, go back to last year, the people that wanted Cousins to play this year, I think we made the right decision. And to be honest, from where Cousins was when we drafted him to where Jack Quinn is, I don't think it's close. Well, it's close, but not as close as people think. I think Dylan Cousins is a lot was a lot more NHL ready, even though we didn't bring him up last year, than Jack Quinn is now. Now, with that being said, Kevin Adams saw something he liked in Jack Quinn. I hope that he develops, and I think that he can develop, into be a good player. Your interview with Andre Torini was incredible. Um. Yep. I mean, we're there. Kind
2: of t- t- talk about Marco Rossi because you know all fi- all speculation kind of pointed to the Sabers going after Rossi. I he like a, him.
0: He played. He's yeah, on so a dog do I, I still like him. I
2: thought he was the best two way center in that entire draft class, without a doubt. Well, it's um, tough to
0: evaluate him in this though, buddy, because fucking Austria is so bad.
2: Yeah, their goalie's great. <laughs> their goalie's phenomenal. Well,
0: hey, well, we're on the topic. Can we talk about that? Because this guy has been electric. Um, he is was 109. Level. He's
2: like 114 saves or 119 saves on over 130 shots in two games, which it, is bananas.
0: Electric, bro, to see what he's done. So let's just go through it. Austria obviously had that tough.
2: What's that? His name is impossible to pronounce, too, by the way. So good luck.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you um, if he played in that first game. Um, I can't pronounce his, his name either. Sebastian. Um, we'll call him Sebastian. We'll call, we'll call him Sebastian.
2: Sebastian, he played against.
0: Uh, Ren, Renesowicz. So I can't see if he. Yeah, something he like that. Then um, I, I'm pulling it up right now.
2: Um, he played and, against Team USA. They lost 11 nothing, but he had like 60 saves in that game. And then he played against Sweden, which was a game when they lost four to nothing. So he didn't Um, play.
0: No, actually, so Brandner Jacob played in in that first game a little bit, but when they got pumped um, big time. But when you look back to it, so after that drubbing from USA, what you got to imagine, remember, that was Austria's first game, but USA had lost to Russia the night before. So USA was hungry, right? They needed to win. They came out and they pumped him. But then you turn around in that Sweden game, Dwayne, I remember you texting me during the game um, saying, do you remember what you said to me? Cully, check out this fucking Austria goalie. He's playing off his ass. 65 shots. At one point, it was 2 nothing. He had stopped 42 out of 44. Like, that's ridiculous, bro. Yeah, and the, like,
2: he had like forty five saves going into the third period. That's bananas.
0: That is absolutely
2: nothing. Crazy. It was it was bananas. Um, and then only giving up. I, I think the fourth one was an empty netter. To be one hundred percent honest with you, I think um, was
0: too. Um, but dude, but just he 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 played off his mind. Um, he he was sensational. The high the, the Swedish team, Dwayne if you looked at the Corsi for that game, you know, how in the NHL, it's usually like, even if a team dominates, it's like 55 to 45. This game was probably like 80 to 20. He was absolutely electric. Um, and everybody was talking about it, but even right after that, Dwayne, he bounced back with another great game against um who was it? Um, sorry.
2: He did play, he did play in that game against the U.S. I watched it.
0: I know he did. I, he didn't play the whole game, though. I think they pulled him after a few. So we had that great game against Sweden. Um, and then they're playing Russia right now. Um, and it's only four-nothing. It's after one. So I mean, maybe his 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 streak has ran out. Uh, but still a really cool story. You love to see these teams that the Denmarks, the Switzerland, well, Switzerland's been really good, but you love to see. You know, goalies at this time of year really making an impact um, because there's nothing worse. I, I noticed a couple of people were unhappy the way the schedule was set up um, early on in the tournament. I still think it was a couple of good games, but you know, Canada, um, Canada only beat Slovakia three to one. You know what I mean? There's been more close games than there has been blowouts. So, um, what I wanted to ask you about going back to Dylan Cousins, um, you know, he sank into the tournament scoring. He, he's won a world junior championship. The one thing there's no there's no replacement for winning, Dwayne. Even if it's no. in major junior, if it's in college, and I go back to Jack Eichel losing the the um,
2: national championship,
0: and because O'Connor the goalie, remember that was the game that BU no, was, that
2: was a muffin. in the third
0: period. I think it was in Buffalo. He it caught the puck goal. and threw it between his legs. Never seen anything like it. Never. No. They ended up, that tied the game, ended up letting in another goal. I think that affected Jack. I think if Jack wins that, I think he has more confidence. But whatever. Um, There's no replacement for winning. You love to see that Cousins won it last year. He's playing a bigger role. Uh, As much as I'm rooting for the U.S., I'm also rooting for Dylan Cousins to do well and take his team far.
2: I mean, how can you not? Dylan Cousins has, like I said, his last year in junior was absolutely amazing. Um, he proved that he's ready for the NHL. He's proven it right now that he's ready for the NHL. Um, even if it's a smaller role on a third line, you know, on the wing. Even if he,
0: yeah, you know, even if he's playing wing. Good point.
2: I think uh, that goal you pointed out where he came in wide, I think he I think that proves he has the speed, the breakaway speed
0: coming in wide Dude, to play on the wing. Got me so horny to see him skate like that. Oh, Listen, such- I haven't seen a lot of Dylan Cousins. To see him beat two guys that were in front of him by a good mm-hmm. five, six, seven feet. Oh God. In the puck control, the goalie, Dwayne, we've as goalies, you know when a guy's coming in wide like that and a sharp angle and you have help to the middle, you know, that he's not going to score from where he is. You almost know for a fact that he's going to try to pull it across, either shoot it five hole or beat you far side. The goalie knew what he was going to do and he still beat him because he was that fast. You love to see it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, it's,
0: it's, it's been, been fun great. to watch
2: him. <laughs> it has been fun. It's been it's been very fun to watch. Um, you know. Um, and I can't wait to see him here this this coming season. Like I said, but I, I it, it would.
0: It, Where are it, we going to use him?
2: I think he plays in your third line. Center or wing? Wing. He, I I think you brought. I think Cody it depends in. on what Sam Reinhart does. That's that's true. For all we know, we could have seen Dylan Cousins on the second line. For all yeah. we know, it it, it it could very well happen, and maybe they do drop. Could be second line, um,
0: and then imagine Stahl as your third line center. Are you kidding
2: me? Not even just that. I, why? Why like? Why not just put him on the wing on your
0: like, or drop Sam down to your third line? No, man. I think you bring up a great point. It's going to be really fun to see. I don't think we've had this much talent up front since the Jury Briere days. Um, you know, where we had guys like a Finnegan off those two, and a bunch of young players that were playing well. It's exciting, Dwayne. It really, really is. A great time to be a Sabres fan. But for all of those that haven't checked him out, um, Germany is playing Switzerland tomorrow in a very big game that will determine who's going to make this, the quarterfinals. Um, check out JJ Paterka. Um, him They're and Tim Stutzel are electric. Buddy, the more I think about it, I know Stutzel went to Ottawa before we could pick him fuck that kid's a stud. He is absolutely oh, so electric. Bad. He might he's be so one of the bad. best players in the tournament on a bad Germany team and just seeing him play. So they had a four on in their win against uh, Slovakia last night, such an electric game, three to three, both goalies played well, but um, Germany drew a penalty and JJ Paterka and Tim Stutzel to see them dominate that power play and eventually get the goal was incredible. And J.J. Paterka, uh, he has pretty impressive numbers so far, guys. Um, I think he's got a uh, four points there. Um, it's just fun to see, man. He's a guy that I didn't expect much from, but he's done well, and you love to see it. So, um, no, you definitely love to see it, man. It's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch, that's for well, sure. Well, When's the last time we've really hit a home run in a second-round pick? Uh, last point I'm going to make, going back to Ryan Johnson. Um, didn't we draft or maybe we did. So we took Johnson late first round then we took, uh, Samuelson early second round, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. I, yep. Think yep. Johnson, early, uh, I think he was the first, I want to say he was the first pick of the second round
0: who Johnson or Samuelson Johnson. Yeah, man. I, the more I, I hear about Johnson, the more I like him. Like I said, you have to be able to get, get your boots going up ice and be a dynamic skater to have success. In the NHL, I think the Sabers are overloaded with a couple of guys uh, that aren't great skaters. Whether it's in Montour, any of these guys, Dalene's a dynamic skater. I think he's poised for a big season. We saw the picture that he, gave us a lot of blood flow earlier in the summer. He's Ivan Drago now, uh, which yep. you love to see. So it's we gonna be fun, man. Um, we, we,
2: mentioned, we mentioned earlier. We mentioned earlier that. Uh, you know, defensively, Chicago is you know, I got again, again the, the, they, they need more youth in that organization right now. Maybe you try and sell them on a guy like Samuelson. You know, we know he's a miss, but maybe oh, Chicago I would love
0: is. to package him in that deal. But oh my get yeah. him off our of roster. Um, yeah, Casey, it, send him Casey too while you're at it. Yeah, um, it's been fun watching, and we'll finish up with Team USA. It's been fun watching them. Uh, their game today, they put on an absolute clinic and here's the thing. Sometimes in these games, you see a lot of dirty, like uh, scrummy goals. They, oh, I think the last goal or there was one goal, I think from uh boldy, Matthew Boldy, where he Matthew gets boldy, the puck yeah. on the side of the net goes between his legs behind him and, and do such a pretty goal that takes such a good amount of skill. And as a goalie, that's really hard to play when a player can pull that off. Um, mm-hmm. so check out the highlights for team USA. If you can. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, so Dwayne looking at it. Okay. The USA put themselves in a good spot. The, the two games I'm really looking forward to in the preliminary round are on new year's Eve. This is when we typically see the U S play Canada, right? You remember that game in Buffalo at, at, uh, Ralph Wilson stadium. That was yep. electric. I think us and Canada had a streak of like 10 straight years. They played on new year's Eve. Um, yep. So this New Year's Eve, USA plays Sweden. The winner of that will be in the top spot in um, their division, Division B. And Canada plays Finland. The winner of that will be in the top spot in Division A. So we have some really good hockey coming up. Um, Four o'clock on New Year's Eve is Canada-Finland. And then it is 7.30 is USA-Sweden. So be sure to check them out, some games with some huge implications. And then tomorrow – you have Russia-Sweden at 7.30. That should be a good game. And even still, Switzerland-Germany tomorrow at 4 o'clock. That has a game with a lot of playoff implications. And um, even the Czech versus Austria. If Austria wins against the Czech, they might sneak in. Interesting stuff, man. A lot going on because of Czech Republics. Um, that game last night when they beat Russia was so cool to watch. Anytime I see Russia lose, I get pumped up.
2: Yeah, I mean, how can you not love it? Especially that upset with the Czech Republic. That was a lot of fun to watch. Goalie played absolutely out of his mind.
0: Yeah, he absolutely. had a really good game. But he comes back today and the USA absolutely Lays an sh- egg. Lays and Dwayne. I think he got pulled in the third period today. Yep, he did. No, he didn't. So did. all right, last thing on you, world juniors, before we move on. Give me your semifinal matchups. So I have I'll go first. I have U.S. Because they cross over. I have USA beating Finland uh, and I have Canada beating Sweden to set up a USA-Canada final. We haven't had that in a few years. Would love to see it. I think that brings out the best in this rivalry. And I have ultimately Canada winning back to back. I think they get to Spencer Knight early. I've been really impressed with uh, Wolf, the backup goalie for the Americans. Yep. He won WHL goaltender of the year, friend of he's the a, show, Mike Lisi. He's currently a coach in the USHL. He coached him in, in Everett um, in the WHL last year, and he had nothing but good things to say about him. He said he's going to be, even as a seventh-round pick, he's going to be an NHL player,
2: Dustin is it, Wolf. It, Dustin Wolf, isn't is didn't it wasn't Minnesota that drafted him?
0: Uh, you know what? That is a great question. I want to say Calgary or Edmonton or one of those teams, I but I could be wrong. Right. I think it might've been Calgary. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but who do you have in your semifinal matchup and who do you have winning? Uh, who are who are your picks? So I had USA beating Finland in the one round or the one semifinal Canada beating Sweden in the other.
1: And then honestly, I I
2: it, I US. Think, honestly, I think you're going to see a team USA, uh, Team USA-Canada matchup.
0: So, okay, so you, you have the same pick in the final, right? Yeah. Who do you have winning it? Canada. So, yeah, and you know what? I'd be okay with that. Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn winning some. I think, fuck, I think I they're the better it. team.
2: I think they're the better coach team. Did you
0: team. see the, the, the graphic they had? Every single one of their forwards is a first-round pick. Are you fucking kidding me? They have, like, 18 first-round picks on that team. That is unbelievable. Canada usually has a stacked lineup, but this takes me back to what was it, 2004 or five when, when it was Crosby, Bergeron, Dion Phaneuf, they were loaded.
1: They were loaded. loaded.
0: loaded. Um. Anyways, my one last thing, uh, Dustin Wolf, he drafted by Calgary. It was a Western Canada you're right, team. You're right. Yeah. He was signed seventh round pick 2014 overall. He, you know what the cool thing is? NHL network did an interesting piece. We've seen, you know, in Chicago with them winning, how it affected the youth hockey grow in that area in Illinois. You saw with the LA Kings winning three times, them growing. There is three kids on this USA world junior team that played for the LA junior Kings all the way up. Dustin Wolf being one of them. And he had some spectacular numbers Um, when he won goaltender of the year. Dude, look at these numbers. Dustin Wolf in 2018-19, he played 61 games, every game except seven. 1.69 goals against Dwayne, 936 save percentage, won 41 games in the playoffs. Elite. He had 2.02, 914, even better. Last year, he played only 46 games because of World Juniors and whatnot. 1.88, 935. Sometimes you see goalies in the CHL put up these type of numbers one year, and then not be able to replicate it, Dustin Wolf is the fucking real deal, folks. It's
2: kind of unreal that he's such a late draft pick, too. How? how well, great hey, you are. know
0: why, right? He's undersized.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, he's well,
0: six foot on a good day, wearing ten pound, ten pairs of socks, like Cully did for his uh Central Scouting <laughs> draft, uh, fucking measurements. But nobody, they, a lot of teams get turned off by small goalies. But hey, as part of this, is vice president of the small short goalie fan club. Fucking rights, Dustin Wolf. You are our ambassador. So,
2: yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Jonathan Quick wasn't always the biggest goaltender, but he's yeah, got but two he's cups. He's
0: one, man. Yeah, but he's not huge. Yeah, I mean, but I just think that six foot is a scary number for some, for, goalt- for GMs. For, dude, my three NHL draft years, two, and look this up 2010, 2011, 2012, there wasn't one goalie drafted six foot or under. And then you saw a trend with Michael DiPietro, Canada's world junior goalie from three, four years ago. He got drafted. He was 5'11. You just see a lot of guys that aren't, aren't that tall. All right. And it's just, it sucks. Um, but Dustin Wolf is a stud. If I was Team USA, even though Spencer Knight was a first round pick, I don't like him. Uh, I think he's shaky. Uh, Jonathan Quick for the record have, is six they already, foot have one. Bob, they
2: already have Bob for the next eight years. So I, I yeah.
0: You remember we talked about that earlier on? Yeah.
2: Uh, hey, would you would you take if you were if you were an NHL GM, would you take a chance on the
0: Austrian goalie? No, but I would on uh the guy that went to the Russian goalie, Askarov, that went to Nashville uh 11th overall this year. Um you well, know, even uh, if, I, I'm just saying – good here, against the draft. US You're talking about, about the Austrian goalie?
2: A would you take an would you take a shot on him with how well he's playing? Uh, I don't think you need to. I think you
0: could probably sign him to a free agent deal. Yeah, what's the harm if it's a seventh round pick? You need. What are you asking me? Am I going to take him early in the draft? No. No, just at
2: all. It doesn't matter yeah. what route would you take him at all. I,
0: I take him in the seventh or sixth, that I give him an invite to camp. He's um, only six foot. Know? What's that? He's only six foot. Yeah, hey, buddy, you you're you're chirping up the wrong fucking tree. I am the ambassador for small goalies. 5, All right, I just had a good day, and,
2: and I'm, dude, I'm on your side, buddy. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be an advocate for you. I'm just saying, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I take a fly. Just because around. you're six why foot not? doesn't mean I don't think you'd survive in
2: the NHL. I mean,
0: why not? Uh. I, I absolutely yes, one hundred percent. All right, so that's enough Oral Juniors. Um, before we finish up and kick it over to your interview, um, with Gilly, um, with the NHL trades going on, Dwayne, um, one thing became apparent. The the salary cap was projected to go up before COVID hit, right? People were saying 84, 85 million, which would have been a $3 million jump. And it was projected to keep going up. Obviously it stayed the same with the new CBA just to make the world go round. It stayed at 81 and a half. Okay. You've seen a few trades and it's not the first time, but you've seen guys that are on long-term injured reserve, the acronym LTIR and the one trade between Ottawa and Tampa Bay. So here's what it was. The Senators traded Anders Nielsen and Marion Gabryk to Tampa Bay for Cedric Paquette, Braden Coburn, and a second-round pick. And here's the thing. Both Marion Gabryk and Anders Nielsen are both on long-term injured reserve. So before I kick it over to you, so the Tampa Bay is in a tough spot. They were way over the cap after going all-in and winning their cup. Uh, They had to give raises to guys like – fuck, I'm forgetting his name – uh he's been lights out. Um one of their forwards, the young guy played for the Oshawa Generals. God damn it. Oh, this is killing what me. What are we talking about here? Oh, this is killing me. Uh um, we talking about what team? Tampa Bay. Uh they just signed him uh, this year is a forward. Um oh they just signed oh, oh um I'm pulling it up right now. This is killing me. I can't believe I forgot his name. Um I'm pulling it up right now. Anthony Sorelli, Jesus Christ. Yes, I just said that, Sorelli. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. So they just signed him. They had to because he's been dynamite for them. So they, they've been in some trouble, right? So they they traded Potcat, who's a good good bottom six guy. He might even be a top six on some teams. Uh, Braden Corburn is a serviceable D. Uh, and they, have, they even had to throw in a second-round pick for two fucking guys that aren't even going to be playing. So this really, you know, it, it made me think about this and any of our listeners that understand that the long-term injuries are better than us, please reach out to us. Let me know if I'm wrong here. Um, but when I was looking at this deal, um, I just was fascinated by how they could be in this cap problem. Uh, even with this deal, the lightning at 12 forward, 60 and two goalies, the minimum they need to have on the roster. Most teams have 13, seven and two, um, and this has guys like Kucherov, Gabryk, and Nilsson who are all on LTIR. Um, they're still at um, – sorry, when you include Kucherov in those guys' contract, they're $15 million over the co- over the cap. But yeah. with those guys on LTIR, they are still uh, – well, actually, they'd be right at the cap with no ability to move. And that's a problem because if anybody gets injured, the only person you can call up is somebody on the league minimum. Just what are your thoughts on that trade and the whole long-term injury reserve thing that we're seeing in St. Louis too?
2: Well, I mean, first, first off, it really, it's good for both sides because obviously you need a dump cap in Tampa Bay in order to get these important deals done. Um, Tom, calm down, buddy. Dom Tom is active today. He's, he's getting, active he's right, right now. Deep. You know, he wants the tension bad. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, with uh, Ottawa too, like they have, they have the cap space to work. You bring in two guys that can with Coburn and uh, Paquette who can contribute immediately. Um, they're a rebuilding team. They're a young team. Um, I don't, I don't dislike those deals at all for either side.
0: So is it a win for Tampa Bay giving up those pieces? Absolutely. He had... piece To me is the second round or sorry, I'd say actually it's probably even the second round pick and Cedric Paquette are about even, right? Yep. In value, Braden Coburn. He's not a fast defenseman, but he played he played five six minutes for them, and he did okay. He's serviceable. Fuck, I take him over Montour and some of the guys that we have. Um, but he's not a stud, right? So, who he, do you he, think won he, that trade? Do you no, think he's he's not maybe he's... because they're able to keep guys like Sorelli? And I just wonder what the fuck they're gonna do when Kucherov comes back. That's gonna be interesting to me.
2: That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's gonna be really. Well, isn't he done for the season?
0: Now that I don't know. Um, I thought he was done even for the season from injured reserve. Um, but hip, hip issues, right. What's that hip issue, hip, hip, hip issues. Right. I'm not sure. Um, I would be interested to see.
2: Because yeah. He will not. Yeah. Breaking Tampa Bay lightning GM, Julian Brizois said Nikita Kucherov will have hip surgery and we will not be playing during the regular season.
0: Okay. Dom, you need- but even Dom, figure it out. Dom. Fuck. Yeah, he's, he's out. He's, he's, I, Every time Dom is active, I just think of that commercial with Dominic Kashik where he said, must see, must see. Yeah, I feel he, like that's what down's saying in dog language. A dog language. So, he yeah, does. my question to you is this. Uh, any of our listeners that could key me in on this information, what happens for the playoffs when the Lightning want to add Kucherov back to their lineup if they're right at the cap? Because, man, he got – You got to make that, that – right. you got to figure that out somehow. So, the other – Sorry, you're obviously,
2: I, you're gonna have to probably make moves at the deadline, you know, with the expectation that he's gonna be back in your lineup.
0: Well, um, here's another scary thought, of- Dwayne. You know, what really worries me, and it's something I haven't been worried about because their owner is a piece of shit and everybody fucking hates them in Ottawa. They have not, you ask everybody around the league, all of the guys at the network and everything, that the past two drafts of the Ottawa Senators. They have hit on not only their first and second round picks, because they've had a bunch Uh, look back to this year. They had, I think, back-to-back picks three and four. Everybody loves what they've done. They drafted Tim Stutzel this year, who I think could be the best player in this draft uh, when, when time comes, he's got that rare blend of, you know, power forward, but also skill and speed. They have drafted really well. They have so many prospects in the pipeline and, it makes sense for their owner because he's able to get all these guys in on cheap contracts and their entry-level deals. But they've made some really good trades, bro. Ottawa could be scary. Now, the benefit that we have is that we're not in their division. Well, maybe it's not because I don't think they're going to be that good this year. But I do think they're going to surprise some people. Um, And when now, we get back to normalcy, when to they're surprised. in our division again, they could be a problem, bro.
2: I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're not – Well, I mean, I'm actually disappointed that we're not playing – we're not in a normal division because I want – I love nothing more than playing Toronto and embarrassing them. Stuffing
0: it up the Leafs' hoop.
2: Absolutely. I I, I wish we could play Toronto. But, hey, now that, that gives us an opportunity to just do it in the playoffs and upset them in the playoffs.
0: So I don't want to get back into what the Sabres will do. I want to save that for next episode, going through our division. Uh, Please tune into our next episode. I think that'll be electric as we get closer to the season here. We'll be about a week away when we drop that. We're going to go through each team in our division and the path that would lead the Buffalo Sabres to the playoffs and break this God awful fucking drought. Uh, The bills did it. It's our time Sabres. Anyways, on that same note though, um, one of the biggest surprising things, and you texted me a couple days ago, or actually I think we talked on the phone. You said, Hey, I would love to see Kevin Adams sign Mike Hoffman. Right. And yeah. I wasn't sure where he'd fit, but you made the point, And I'll let you elaborate on it that he would fit in great and make our depth even better. Where did you see him fit in with the Sabres?
2: Oh, on your, on your second line, hands down. I think you, you could easily sell him. You I mean you could sell him on the potential of playing with Jack Eichel and Essentially, the same same reason Taylor Hall wanted to come here to 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 get a have a career season and get paid on this next this next contract this is the whole re- bit one of the b- bigger reasons why I think Taylor Hall's here, regardless of where that next next contract is, whether it's with Buffalo or some other team. Um, I think you to bring in a guy like Mike Hoffman, you just like Patrick Kane, you find a way to move around numbers to make it work because, you know, you have these guys on one year deals with it's very you know, you don't know if they're going to be here past that year. So just push all your, you should be pushing all your chips into the middle of the table and going for it now, especially when there's the opportunity to sign these guys at such cheap deals.
0: So with, with Hoffman, he ended up a lot opened a lot of eyes in the league because he signed a PTO, a professional tryout contract. And what that means basically is there's no set contract number until he makes the team. And here's why it's interesting. St. Louis Blues, um, they have two players right now with Tarasenko and Alexander Steen on long-term injured reserve that yeah, have has been cap been hit up, implications, there. right? Here's the shitty part. We saw Tarasenko have to bow out uh, in the playoffs, and that really hurt the Blues. You saw it. He was a big part of their cup run. He, I think he's probably – he was they didn't have any big stars. I know you talk about Petrangelo and Pareko, Ryan O'Reilly, but Tarasenko was their big skill guy. It was a big reason why they beat Boston. You take him out of the lineup with his shoulder injury, they fucking were not the same team.
1: Here's the not. shitty part.
0: Tarasenko's first surgery on that labrum AC joint, which is always tough. I had a couple buddies I played with um, that had their careers ruined because of that injury on their shoulder. His first surgery wasn't successful. So he's going back under the knife. Uh, I think he's having his surgery uh, in November uh, and they won't evaluate him for five more months. Okay, so but here's what's interesting. Okay, on the blue, in the Blues perspective, um, a lot of people were asking, why would uh, Hoffman sign up for a PTO? Um, a, a training camp PTO allows the player to participate in all training camp activities, but does not create any exclusive rights of negotiation. Hoffman will remain able to sign a contract with any NHL team during the PTO, while is it effective? The, PP, the PTO expires at the end, end of training camp. But what's fascinating about this is the Blues let Patrul- Petrangelo walk. They obviously brought in Tory Krug to fill in that void, right? Um, mm-hmm. But with Tarasenko, I, I think his money comes off of their cap once the season starts, which is yep. why this, this move makes sense, right? They don't have the money to sign uh, Hoffman right now. Um, he put up 29 goals last year, guys, in 69 games and a dog shit Panthers team. And Dwayne, that's what I liked about your comment. This guy can fucking play. So it's just going to be really interesting how, you know, you think about Hoffman on Ryan O'Reilly's wing. Fuck, dude. So it's just how is this going to work out? Um, What's going to happen with with the money situation? I think the Blues got better with that. I was really worried. You know, obviously, Steen retiring unexpectedly or, you know, basically retiring with the long-term injury reserve. His contract's still on the books. And then with Kucherov being out, can Krug fill in their shoes? Are the Blues going to be effective if they get this Hoffman deal signed? Do they have a chance to, to make it in that new West division?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, even without Tarasenko, um, you, still, you still obviously added Tory Krug. Um, it's a tough division. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's going to be difficult. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't see why they can't. They, if as long as they get strong goaltending from Benner, um, and they don't really too fall off defensively. I mean, no. granted Petrangelo you're losing your captain, but at the same time, you're getting you're getting such a dynamic defend defenseman who can move the puck like Tory Krug. I mean, one kind of cancels out the other, if you ask me.
0: So let me ask you this: I know we're going to get into this more when we we detail the the division outlooks. Okay. But I think St. Louis got real lucky. There was a lot of talk between St. Louis, Dallas, and uh, who's the third team? Minnesota. They're, they weren't sure who was going to be in the West and who was going to be in the Central, right? There's a couple of conflicting reports. The NHL came out in St. Louis, even though Dallas is farther West, St. Louis is in the, the West and Dallas is in the Central, all right? In the West, you have Anaheim, Arizona. Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. So immediately, Vegas is very good. Colorado's very good, right? Correct. Outside of those two teams, man, like the only other playoff teams in that division were fucking – I know it was expanded. Arizona lost in the play-in round. Minnesota lost in the play-in round. San Jose missed. Anaheim missed. L.A. missed, right? Correct. So I think that St. Louis is in a good spot come out of there i think easily they're in the top four i know arizona made it past the first round but fuck they're very limited they're they're with all the ownership issues i don't know i think st louis um actually as much as their travel is going to be worse going west all the time i think they they did it really well for themselves being in that division because you look at the central carolina chicago columbus dallas detroit florida national tampa bay Tampa Bay is automatically going to be in. You'd like to think that Carolina is going to be in Dallas is going to be fuck. You have Tampa Bay and Dallas the two, the two final teams in the same division. This is going to be a really interesting year, Dwayne. Next episode is going to be really fun to do, man. I look forward to it.
2: Yeah, man. And, um, you know, just like, obviously guys, uh, make sure you check that out and make sure you subscribe to us, obviously, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we have a lot of great content coming at you uh, in the next few weeks. A lot of great guests. Um, you know, or just check out our previous episodes we just recently had on, both Rick Vibe and Pete Blackburn uh blackburn dynamite in particular was a dynamite episode hey,
0: if there's um, one regret i have Dwayne, it's that I, I i couldn't make that episode because i was coaching um pete blackburn's a fucking electric you knocked it out of the park with that episode that was so fun i wish i could have been a part of it so i look forward when we have him back on because that was such a good episode
2: yeah over five thousand views uh for the video itself or actually you know just just in the uh actually no seven thousand over seven thousand I apologize over seven thousand which is good for us you know that's a good that's a good that's a good day um but and that's not even just just considering the audio which was again the, the whole episode itself was a ton of fun um but with that being said man um obviously we have part two of this uh episode um coming at you with me and my very very good friend Patrick Gillen Gilly Gilly Suarez Buddy, uh, I did.
0: I didn't know Gilly coming to this, Dwayne, but I I was able to listen to a little bit of it, guys. This this is a fucking electric forty five minutes. So I know this ran long. Give this a fucking sniff because these guys. Yeah, uh, I hope you guys follow uh, through and create your own podcast because I know I'm going to be a fucking natural. avid listener, man.
2: He's an absolute natural. He's got a lot of great insight when it comes to hockey. Uh, he still played. We still play together. Uh, we have a lot of fun. What position uh, is he? Uh, he played forward growing up, but he's my defenseman in men's league. Uh, Isn't it amazing that
0: like, the bonds that you create with your defenseman as we get older, you really love a. much
1: football.
2: of a defense. He's not. He's a great, great, great hockey player, but defensively, he's not much of a defense. Oh no! You know, I he,
1: screwed you, he's Gilly, Gilly. I'm up,
0: sorry.
2: He's, he's usually when they're, when they're when they're coming into our end. He's usually dogging it back across the red line still. So. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, one last note. One you, last sir. note before we drop it to you and Gilly, the Sabers. Uh, agreed Riley Sheehan, who I don't want to say he's local, but he is, I think he's from St. Catharines, Fort Erie. Uh, he's my age, Dwayne. I skated with him a lot growing up. We played one tournament together in the chowder cup back in 2007. Um, he was a first round pick. He played in the, the golden horseshoe league for the, um, St. Catharines Falcons, which was interesting because he was a first round pick to the OHL. He surprised a lot of people when he went the NCAA route. Um, and he played for St. Catharines Falcons which I know you're familiar with them uh, in the Golden mm-hmm. Horseshoe League. So when I was with the Ice Dogs, we played in the same rink. And, fuck, he was better than half of our team. But he was playing junior B to maintain his NCAA eligibility. I think he went to Michigan State. I could be wrong. Um, he played NCAA. Um, and it was just interesting uh, because, you know, what um, the Sabres signed him to a, um, a PTO. Yeah, a PTO. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes it. Kevin <laughs> Adams, so no, actually, trained-
2: Gilly Gilly has a really really funny story that he leaked out on his uh Twitter account today about uh something that happened with him and Riley sheehan at an OAR uh, OAR concert. Oh,
0: I ago. can't. Hey, can't wait for you guys to hear that. Please stick in for this last uh, half an hour with Gilly and Dwayne. Dwayne, I was wrong. He went to Notre Dame, but. Um, You know what? If he can add a depth piece, awesome. Even if we get him on a two-way contract, even better. But Kevin Adams said he's a veteran. He's been in this league. He's a very good face-off and penalty kill guy. Yeah, but when you look at it, the fact that he's a good penalty killer, that can only help. So if that creates competition in the bottom of our lineup, which we haven't had, I know people were upset with Larson moving out, but when you bring in Cody Eakin, Reeder, and maybe Riley Sheehan, you want competition in the bottom of your lineup. You want guys being able to fight for ice time. Right. So it'll be interesting. One last question, Dwayne, before we kick it over to your interview, do you, have you heard anything uh, with the defenseman um, pilot Pilou, Lawrence pilot? Yeah. Is he gone for sure? It's very, very quiet on that, in that front. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. So any of our listeners that have any inside scoops on, on Lawrence, please let us know. I'd love to hear it. Dwayne. Great episode. You fucking killed it with Gilly. You guys are great. I look forward to having him on our show soon, but um, keep us posted here. If you guys decide to kick off your own sports show, I think that would be electric. You guys are great together. And that was a, a lot of fun. So um, any closing notes here before we get going?
2: Uh, no guys, just uh, again, just listen to part two of this episode. It's we had a lot of fun and stay tuned
0: for some great guests. We'll be back next week with episode 43, the old Marty Baron classic. When we go through the 2021 season preview, detailing the Sabres path to the playoffs for Dwayne Stein. Now I'm Johnny Cullen. We'll see you in the new year.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Jason Bottrell, do you like it in this city? I've been watching all these games, and well, this team's not looking pretty from my view. The spotlight shining bright on you to make a move. Hey, Jason Bottrell, I'm sure things are not that easy, but your answer to our scoring woes was Johansson and V.C. Well, it's true. Without Jack Eichel we'd be screwed, what would we do? Oh, you gotta do something, 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 gotta do something. Hey Jason Bottrell, that O'Reilly trade was rough How could you think that Patrick Berglund and Saboga were enough? It sounds insane But I hear O'Reilly's doing great So they say Hey Jason Bottrell, I just hope you have the answers Cause our ring's starting to look and feel Just like the Florida Panthers and it's tough it's a situation where this sucks enough's enough oh you gotta do something 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 something. thousand days seems pretty long The team we had was one so strong I think about 2006 each day The whole league just makes fun of us And we just laugh along Because it's a way to deal with all the pain Bottrell, I'll just say to you I really hope you get us through We have all these defensemen that don't play Make a trade I don't have much left to say Because like Risto and Ryan I've lost my love of this game And it's a shame At least we have the bills to play Postseason games Oh, you gotta do something Oh, you gotta do something oh you gotta do something oh you gotta do something gotta do something